It's Monday, April 5th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, Mr. Jason Moser. Good to see you. Good to see you. How's everything? Things are good. We've got a new data point for the great reopening. We've got news from the stock of the year, but we're going to start in a place that we almost never start on this show, and that is we're going to start with the big macro. Because last Friday's jobs report for the month of March was kind of a stunner. Unemployment fell to 6%. There were 916,000 jobs added in the month of March. We also got revisions for January and February that added another 156,000 on top of that. Big gains in leisure, hospitality, construction. We can go in any number of directions. Where would you like to start? Yeah, I mean, you're right. We could go in any number of directions. And I think, generally speaking, virtually all of this is really good news. I mean, you could sit there and parse the data and talk about U6 versus U3, and and, and the true unemployment rate is still in double digits. And, and I mean, that's fine. There's a case to be made there. But but really, this is, I think, more about the trend. And it does seem like things are moving all in the right direction. I think the good news is, that this is yet another sign that things could be on a sustainable path forward. I, th- I think they are, given uh, everything that we know about vaccines uh, at this point. Vaccines administered, obviously moving at a very, a very quick pace. Uh, CDC publishing data showing that once you've been vaccinated, you are not not passing this virus on. I mean, there is a lot of positive data out there that really should be leading uh, to to more good reopening news. I think just as as April goes on into May, um, that's all great. I think the bad news that comes from this, and, and I mean, you could probably assume this was going to be the case regardless. This probably bolsters the likelihood that we see even more gridlock in D.C., if that's possible. Um, I, I know it seems like it's it's not possible, but but perhaps it is. But I mean, I think given everything that we saw in in uh, the most recent uh, stimulus offering, I think eking out any additional stimulus after this news and given everything that we know today, I think that's going to be very difficult. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how much they focus on that, particularly with all of these bold infrastructure uh, spending goals. I, I, I would, I, I'm okay with that, right? I think gridlock in DC—that's that's the norm, right? That's not the exception. So you just have to assume that's always going to be the case. Generally speaking, though, I think that there are a lot of pockets here that show uh, we are we are headed in the right direction, and I and I think that's sustainable. I think it's sustainable as well, although I do not envy the people on the front lines of hiring, because for as great as this news is, we also got some reminders over the weekend that you can't just flip a switch and all of a sudden, uh, the people come back to the workforce. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but Delta Airlines had to cancel about 100 flights, not because of mechanical problems, but because of staff shortages, sure. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we we saw this uh, a decade ago uh, when we got the rebound in housing. But it really took years uh, because the housing market got hit so hard. There were people, skilled labor in that workforce, who left that workforce altogether, and it's really hard to get skilled labor back. You know. Uh, you know, at your place of employment, whether you're a home builder, whether you're an airline, um, so this is this is going to be interesting to see 
which companies, and, and I guess I should add the qualifier, which large companies are able to ramp back up? Because we saw over the past year, Jason, companies scaling down very quickly, saying, look, we're putting people on furlough, we're laying people off you know, by the thousands. Um, you can't just hire by the thousands as quickly. No, 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 not at all. And, and having been in, been involved with with helping to hire, I mean, I, I certainly have experience in in knowing how difficult that is. I mean, it is a process, and you really want to make sure you do the hard work on the front end so that you can keep those folks for longer periods of time. I mean, much like much like businesses acquiring customers, once you pay a lot to get them, and then once you get them, you really want to keep them. Um, it, 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 it's the same thing with hiring. I mean, you're, you're going to pay a lot up front, really, to get that person, to get that individual into your organization. You want to do the hard work up front to make sure you're bringing someone in that's going to stick around for a while. Um, and to me, it's, it's, it's been a little bit, I, I don't want to say astounding, but I am, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit surprised. It's, it's some of these bigger companies kind of still spinning their wheels on this versus, some other big companies. I mean, look a look at Alphabet, right? Google, Microsoft, both companies recently coming out saying, "Hey, listen, we're accelerating bringing people back to work. We're going back now. We're doing it earlier because all the data is there. I mean, right? There, there, there are ways to do this, to do it safely, to do it in a way that gives people options. Uh, but you're seeing companies like Alphabet and Microsoft. Not only are they bringing folks back, and they've been hiring all throughout this throughout this ordeal, of course, but they're bringing folks back in now. They know they need to get that ball rolling now uh, versus other companies that are either saying, well, we're going to wait till September or October, still kind of play it by ear. I, I mean, there, there are costs associated with that. And, and I, I, you know, I personally think that most businesses, I think we're going to see a point, at some point, we're going to see where virtual work is going to become a bit of a, a weight. I think certain companies, certain businesses, certain lines of work is really okay. I think it's it's perfectly fine. Others where your your work is a bit more collaborative in nature. I think we're we're going to start seeing uh, physically being together becoming a bit more of a competitive advantage. And I think with companies like Microsoft, Alphabet, I think Netflix is another one. We've seen Reed Hastings very very upfront with his feelings on this. I mean, these are businesses that rely on collaboration and teams working together. And I think that one of the lessons we've learned over the past year is that while we have the tools for virtual work, in a lot of cases, virtual work isn't ideal. And I think that the virtues of virtual work more than anything are touted for their convenience. Uh, but, but as far as collaboration, as far as team building, that is a bigger challenge altogether. And so I think that's why you're seeing these businesses like Microsoft and Alphabet, they're accelerating because I think they know that. Now, you've got other companies like Facebook and Twitter that are basically saying, well, we'll just go to virtual forever. And maybe that's fine for them. I mean, I would argue that those are businesses that are probably not nearly uh, as, as, as dependent on innovation. And that may seem a little odd to say, but I mean, Twitter is Twitter. Right, and Facebook ultimately is Facebook, and when when they find something that they want, they they typically just buy it. Right, I don't think social is as important as what companies like Alphabet and Microsoft are doing. Uh, so it's it's very interesting to see that disparity there. Uh, but I, I would I, I would give the upper hand to the companies that are accelerating now because because there's a right way to do it. I think these companies have figured that out, and I think that they will benefit from that uh, as the back half of the year starts to roll in. Shares of GameStop are down a bit this morning after the company announced it plans to sell 
upwards of $1 billion worth of stock. And uh, this isn't a surprise. We, we kind of knew this was coming. Uh, uh, Ryan Cohen and his team had sort of indicated they were going to make this move. Now it makes it official. And I, I, I don't know about you, Jason, but I, I looked at this story this morning and I thought to myself, not that Ryan Cohen and his uh, colleagues in the C-suite at GameStop haven't been working hard, <laughs> but I feel like the real work starts now because they're going to have cash that they can put to use. We talk all the time about how important capital allocation is as a skill for company management. And now we're going to see what they do with the cash. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's I think that's uh, the hard work starts now. One of the benefits of being a publicly traded company is access to capital, right? There're just more ways you can raise that capital. And and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad, but I mean clearly a company like GameStop, which is in the middle of a transition, um it, it's good that they have that access. I mean, they've burned through some cash over the past couple of years. If you look at their balance sheet, they had a bit better than $1.6 billion in cash as of February 2019. That's down to around $500 million now. Um, and, and, and I mean, clearly, they're going to need some cash if they're going to be pivoting this business, which is what they, they plan to do. Uh, so, I, I don't know that the answer is... So clear. I mean, I they 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 spout the, the e-commerce, the digital, all of, all of those buzzwords that you want to hear, but it kind of feels like it's a little bit uh, day late dollar short too. So I, you know, it, it this has been a fascinating story to follow because even at today's price, I mean, you look, it's it's up eight hundred thirty five percent year to date. Forget about the fact that it's up better than six thousand percent over the last twelve months. I mean, it, that that's obviously something's not right here chris and so uh, this is one where you you really do you want to pay attention to the business fundamentals versus the stock performance because they they don't always track and this is a case where they don't track um but i i do like the fact that they're doing this i mean they they one billion dollars is the number that gets bandied around, but I think it's worth noting they said they're not going to issue any more than three and a half million shares. And so, actually, if they want to get one billion dollars, I mean, they would need a share price closer to three hundred dollars if they were going to if they were going to actually raise all of that all of that cash. So it's not going to be fully a billion dollars, but it's going to be a good amount of money to give them at least a war chest to to try to figure this out. It buys them time, and right now I think that's going to be the most uh, valuable thing they can have. Right? I mean that 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 capital buys them. Time uh, to to really try to make this work, uh, and and I, I I reckon by the end of this year the signs will will certainly be more clear as to whether this is working out. I think the holiday season coming up here is going to be a really important for a lot of businesses. Uh, GameStop uh, is no exception there. Yeah, I I wonder. Well, I'm just curious to see how much of this cash is put to work closing more locations. <laughs> they still have close to 5,000 locations, yeah, which yeah. seems like it's, I don't know, at least 3,000 too many. It, fe- 
<laughs> it feels like a lot. Um, and and for, for folks always wondering what they do with this kind of money, I mean, you can go to the filing and you could just search through the filing use of proceeds, and that will take you to the section where it actually tells you they, they have to state what they're going to do with this money. In most cases, they're going to say it's for working capital and general corporate purposes. I mean, that's the same thing you've got here. Um, it's, it's something meant to further strengthen their balance sheet, to give them time and give them the opportunity to, tr to transform this business. Um, thankfully, it's not something where they say, well, the use of proceeds are going to go to pay down debt, right? Because then you'd be like, well, that doesn't really, you know, what's the point? That's that's a bit more of a red flag. So, uh, while, while the use of proceeds is, is a bit bigger picture in nature, uh, it is one of those things that, uh, in this case, at least you know it's it's something that's meant for the the transformation. Um, it, it, one thing, and, and we can move on. But just I, I thought this was funny um, because whenever you read through these filings, much like a yeah, 10K or a 10Q, you're going to see a risk section, and they talk about risks to the business, right? And and most of them are just standard boilerplate risks. That, that are involved with publicly traded companies. But at the very front, the very top of the risk uh, section for, for GameStop, they actually referred to the short squeeze risk. Um, I mean, that language was actually used, right? I mean, that's not surprising. And, and actually, I, I doff of the cap to management for getting that in there, because that really does seem like one of the bigger risks in this case is, uh, is a stock that is being very easily manipulated uh, due to... Uh, Due to the Reddit situation, technology in general, and just the ease of of, of trading today versus uh, ten years ago, so just just uh, maybe a little bit of self awareness is a good thing, right? Absolutely. <laughs> the entertainment industry got some good news this morning. Godzilla versus Kong took in nearly fifty million dollars at the box office over the weekend. Keep in mind, this is with limited capacity in the theaters, and this is also with this same movie available streaming on HBO Max. Probably not a surprise that shares of AMC Theaters, Cinemark, and Cineworld Group are all up today. This number surprised me. I thought it would do pretty well, but to me, pretty well was somewhere closer to $20 million. Yeah, um, yeah that surprised me. Um, I, 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 it didn't surprise me as much, and I think part of that really does go back to the state of affairs right now. I mean, I, we have seen really a a phenomenal rollout here on the vaccine side, and I think honestly, I mean, I really do think this is this is changing the perspective of a lot of folks. I think a lot of a lot of people are starting to feel better about going out and uh, doing things, it, 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 albeit in, in a bit of a different way, right? I mean, you're still being a little bit more careful about things. You're probably wearing a mask. You're probably adhering to social distancing measures. Um, but but clearly, we're in a much different position today than we were a year ago. And I think that is becoming very clear. And I don't... You know, you read of the, of the news in, in places like Europe where it does seem like they're really battening down the hatches again. Um, and, and you can argue lockdown versus no lockdown until the cows come home. I mean, everybody's got an opinion there. But I, I think we're at the point now where we've done so well on the vaccine front. We've gotten this, this rolled out in such a, such a good fashion, and it's only getting better. 
and, and much like investing is all about the future, I think in this in this case too, people are really, really eager to look towards the future and maybe pull the future a little bit forward and go ahead and go back out to that movie theater if they feel like they can do it in somewhat of a safer fashion than before. So, I, I we we've kicked around this idea of whether movie theaters are are going the way of the dodo bird or not, and, and I've I've always kind of come to the to the conclusion that I don't I don't think they're going the way of the dodo bird. I think there are plenty of people that still love going to movies. I mean, heck. I love going to a movie. I don't do it that often. Um, but if there's a great movie that I want to go see in a theater, and that's a terrific experience, and it's one that's very difficult to replicate. You cannot replicate that in your home for the most part. And I think a lot of people are really uh, excited to be able to get back out and do things. I, you know, I don't know that Kong versus Godzilla or whatever this is. That's not really the movie that's the top of, top of my watch list. But there will be one or two that come out, and I'll be excited to be able to get back out there and see them. Um, and, and I think that, uh, again, a, a company like AMC, we, we've talked a lot about AMC and uh, GameStop in, in, in the same sentences. And I think with AMC, they've done a good job of, of, of securing financing, of, of utilizing the capital markets to really uh, put themselves in a position to be able to weather the storm uh, CEO Adam Aaron even noted. I mean, they—they, they, I think he's done a good job of prioritizing things, right? I mean, you first and foremost, you got to survive, and that's what they've been focused on—a survival. And so, when you issue those shares, I mean, of course, the first thing we're going to criticize is, well, shareholders are going to get diluted, and and he he acknowledged that, right? He's, dilution is something they care about. He said, but dilution doesn't matter if you don't exist. Right, you got to exist first, and so you you get that capital, and then you get yourself on firmer footing, and then you start shaping that business for the future, preparing for the way yeah, the way things might be a little bit different in the future. I think perhaps movie theaters, perhaps it'll be a shrinking market opportunity, but I don't think it's a market opportunity that's going away, and maybe that puts AMC in a good position here. Uh, last thing, and then I'll let you go. Uh, the Masters yes. starts this week. Um, what are you going to be watching? Who are you going to be watching? Does Jordan Spieth winning the Texas Open do anything for Under Armour shareholders? <laughs> I don't know that it does anything for Under Armour shareholders. Damn uh, it! Yeah, I know, I know. Speaking as an Under Armour shareholder, I wish. I feel like... Uh, but I mean, it does. It doesn't hurt. Let's put it that way. It doesn't hurt. Does it move the share price? Probably not. Um, I, I am really excited to see uh, the tournament back in action this this week. I mean, I feel spoiled because we've gotten a couple of Masters here over the last like five months or so, and that's not normal. Um, I think Justin uh, uh, Jordan Spieth winning in in, in Texas uh, yesterday was was a monumental step forward. Him, anybody who plays golf knows it's about momentum. It's about being in a, in, in a good mindset. This really, he's in a good mind mindset right now, and he knows that golf course very well. Uh, I suspect he's going to go in there with a lot of confidence, and I suspect he'll do well. And, and I also think that given Dustin Johnson winning back in November. I mean, he is he is just strong on so many levels. I, I, I honestly, those would be the two guys at the top of my list right there. It'd be Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth. But uh, hey, listen, you know, Jordan Jordan takes home the Masters. I mean, maybe that does give Under Armour a little bit more uh, a little bit more front and center in the conversation, and that can't be a bad thing. Jason Moser, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.